So Naomi Osaka and Dominic Team crowned winners of the US Open last year. What does this year have in store? Well, there is plenty of fascinating um, storylines at play and to help us dissect them on the eve of the US Open, which starts uh, late Monday night, Tuesday. Our time is Brian Clark, who's the voice of US Tennis Open Radio. He joins us now. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on, Elliot. It's great to be back. Well, the US Open about to get underway, and this year with the return to full crowds, uh, it must please you a lot as a commentator, uh, as a spectator, as a fan to see full crowds back at tennis. Absolutely. And just with the year and a half we've all been through as the world, anything that feels like normal times is welcome, whether or not you're a sports fan. But being at the U.S. Open last year where there were no fans in attendance and it was this bubble, it was great to have tennis back, but it was eerie. So to have a full house in attendance for this entire fortnight is really welcome for everybody involved, and that certainly includes the players. The USTA has made it mandatory for uh, fans wanting to attend to have proof of their COVID vaccination to attend. How has that been received? Well, it actually happened really at the last minute, um, Friday evening. It's now Saturday evening here in New York as, uh, as you and I have this conversation. They made that announcement, and it was an announcement that was driven by the local authorities here in New York City who said that anybody who wants to go into Arthur Ashe Stadium, the main stadium, needs to have a vaccine. The USTA took that a step further and said, okay, now it's actually going to be the entire tournament. Uh, you've got to have at least one vaccine dose. And I think the way it's being received is like, okay, it's a bit last minute, but there are a lot of people, at least here in New York City, who I think feel you know, a little bit safer, a little bit more relieved and have some peace of mind knowing that if they go to the U.S. Open, they're going to be around people who are at least partially vaccinated. We've seen the players as well. That's been an interesting discussion about the players and whether there should be uh, compulsory vaccines on tour as well. What's the latest in regards to the players themselves needing to have jabs? They don't at the moment. And that is, um, you know, it's it's becoming a bit of an issue, both in terms of players uh, testing positive, unable to compete in the events. And as the tours uh, travel around the world, you know, tennis is just so unique in all the different geographical locations where it's played. So you go from one place with one set of regulations, and then you're flying maybe across a border to a different country. It's got a whole different setup. So, yeah, for right now, it, it feels a bit unwieldy, but it sort of has the feel that it's going to come to a head at some point. And when and where that is is the big question, whether it's you know the Australian summer in January and what would need to take place for that tournament to go off uh, with a bit of normalcy behind, because I don't think the players would accept a bubble again like they did last year in Melbourne. Um, so we will see where and when it comes to a head, but you feel like it's, it's heading in that direction at least. Indeed. Well, looking at the tennis on the court, what are you seeing as the main storylines heading into this tournament? Well, unfortunately, you almost start with the big names who aren't here, and those big names are the people who've really carried this event for the last quarter century. Men's side, Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal. Women's side, you say Serena and Venus Williams. First time since 1996 that none of those four have been in the U.S. Open. So, so that's, you know, it's, it's who we're missing. That's a bummer. But the, the storyline here, at least on the men's side, is going to be Novak Djokovic trying to become the first man since the great Rod Laver to win all four majors in a calendar year. Uh, did it in Australia. He had that epic win over Nadal and then the comeback against Tsitsipas at the French Open. And he really romped through Wimbledon. He looked unsettled in Tokyo, uh, did not medal at the Olympics. So you want, and we haven't seen him since. So you wonder 
what kind of uh, mindset he shows up in and how what kind of form he's in when he gets the court here. But he's the best hardcore player in the world. So he is the story on the men's side. Women's side, a couple different stories. And say Naomi Osaka, I mean, she's the defending champion in the last two hardcore majors here last year. And then Australia back in the winter, our winter, your summer. Um, and then, of course, all what she's done off the court, her advocacy work last year. We saw it here with the racial justice and then the uh, stance she took in not speaking to the media at the French Open and pulling out of that tournament, skipping Wimbledon. So what kind of mindset, what kind of form is she in? This is her preferred surface, but it does have that wide open feel, maybe a bit more wide open on the women's side. Is she planning to do media Naomi Osaka at this event uh, and, um, and speak uh, after her matches? She is. Yeah, she had done that uh, last week in Cincinnati. She she met the media. So she's back, at least in terms of normalcy. I, I think she's probably still, you know, wants to have that larger conversation, maybe retooling the press conference format a bit. That's something that I, seems to be more of a longer term project. But yeah, she's back talking to the media, uh, back at it. And she is the defending champion here. Not the world number one, though, of course. We know Ash Barty. Uh, off her great title at Wimbledon comes in here as the world number one. So Barty, uh, certainly a contender, but Barty got a very tough draw too. Serena Williams obviously withdrawing uh, during the week along with her sister Venus. Are those hopes now of taking that record outright slipping away for Serena as uh, as time goes on? It, it does have that feeling, doesn't it, when she's trying to challenge Margaret Court with the 24. And every time she hasn't done it, you realize I mean, she'll be 40 the next time we see If we see her again at a major, she'll have turned 40 years old. That birthday's in a couple of weeks. And I, I, for me personally, it's almost a shame that we have to focus so much on the record. And that's, okay, it's what we're going to talk about. But it's still the greatest career maybe we've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. historic. She broke down so many different barriers. She continues to do so. She's such an all-time great player. It's To me, it seems kind of silly and a bit of a waste of time to get so wrapped up in this one record, and it was a record from a completely different era. Uh, but, yeah, it does feel like that number is, is really getting harder and harder for her to reach. In the men's draw, Novak Djokovic all eyes on him as well uh, with Rafael Nadal and, and Roger Federer. Do you feel that next generation is now beginning to come through? We saw Zverev uh, in the Olympics winning that uh, gold medal. He hasn't got to that Grand Slam point we saw last year. A new name uh, winning Grand Slam at Flushing Meadows. So are those younger players beginning to take the mantle off the older guys or um, are we still got a wee while to wait for that yet? It feels like we're really close to that point, and let's see if this is the point because these younger guys are getting it done over the older guys week in, week out of the tour. But the big difference when you go to the majors, the best of five sets, and the top players get that everybody gets the day off between matches, so it's more time on the body. Look at the French Open final. Sitsipas takes a two sets on Djokovic. That's anywhere else. He's shaking hands. He's the winner, but. It's a major, and it's a different animal. And those bright lights, these big players seem to just find a way, whether that's maybe the younger players still not used to the magnitude of these moments. That's a question. But you look at these younger players. If there's going to be a time for one of them to overcome Djokovic, and thinking here, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, and Zverev, this feels like the time. I mean, Medvedev was in great form. He won in Toronto, got to the uh, final here two years ago. Great hardcore player. You talked about Zverev winning the Olympic gold medal, beating Djokovic along the way. And Tsitsipas has more match wins than anybody on tour this year. So if this is the chance for one of these three guys, you would 
it feels like this is the chance. Whether they can get over that hump, that's the fascinating question over this fortnight. And just finally, Brian Clark with us out of US Open Tennis Radio. We've talked about Novak Djokovic. If he does win this calendar Grand Slam and uh, moves to 21 in the world, does that make him the greatest of all time? It's a tough question. It is a tough question. And it's funny how you say 21 because we're, we're thinking about the Grand Slam and I just overlooked the fact that he is going for the all-time lead in the major titles. He's on 20 right now alongside Federer and Nadal. I think by the time it's all said and done, just by virtue of him being a few years younger than the other guys, he's going to lead all the categories. And I think you're going to have a really hard time not saying he's the greatest of all time or certainly the most successful of all time. Yeah, Nadal's the best clay court player of all time. Federer uh, brought a different kind of tennis and he sort of, started this whole revolution with these three all-time greats. If Djokovic wins here, yeah, he's the most successful player of all time at the major level. So that's, that counts for a whole lot. And I think it's just appreciate what we're seeing because we're, we're certainly being reminded of that with Federer right now, where he's not going to be in this tournament, uh, that we don't get this forever. This is the golden age of men's tennis, and it's not an age that's going to go on forever. So just appreciate what we're seeing. It's going to be a fascinating two weeks ahead. Enjoy it. Brian, thank you so much for your time with us. Thank you, Elliot. This is Elliot Smith on the DRS News Talk ZB.